0: go to quince.com/ upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns
1: we may not know as many swears as dedicate lark but we do use them more often so you may not want to listen to this around your own children Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany.
2: And I'm Goodwin.
1: And today we're reading Chapter 10 of Briar's Book.
3: So grab your cup of coffee.
1: Or tea. Or your drink of choice.
2: And let's get to the bottom of this.
1: Chapter 10 of Briar's Book. We're getting into it now. Uh. I was confused at a couple points in my
4: book. I don't know if Kindle fucked some stuff up in it, or there was one point, it was talking about Crane, and it said she. I was like, wait, what? And then there was another point. Did Rose Thorn and all them go with Nico and Triss at the beginning? Because it says, this way, Rose Thorn said. Nico towed her along until they reached Flick's den. Sounds like Kindle messed up. Passage before Talking about how Rose Thorn, Briar, and Crane were going somewhere. And then you have the break. And then it was talking about Nico and Trist. And it was like, oh, Rose Thorn was with them. I was like, wait, what? She's with Briar and Crane. And I was like, but they're not mentioning Briar and Crane down here with them. So I, was, I wasn't I was sure if Rose Thorn and Briar went with them to show them, hey, this is where we found them. And then we got our own shit to do.
1: Nope that should uh that should definitely be Nico and Tris
4: and then there's a part where uh, it says Crane raised her eyebrows like
1: wait what Crane just reached over to Rosethorn and like raised her eyebrows.
4: <laughs> <laughs> reached over. Yeah, so I was confused for a minute and I was like wait I think Kindle fucked up because that doesn't yep.
2: it, mean, it, you know it yeah. does say that it does say that it does say, it says this way Rosethorn.
1: Kindle just felt like Rosethorn did not make enough of an appearance in this book. Okay, well, since we've got that cleared
4: up, I guess, I'm good to go. They
1: find Nico, and he comes to Discipline, and Crane is also at Discipline. And so Nico and Crane bigger, like small children about who gets Triss. And finally, Nico wins, and he and Triss set out for the sewers. In the meantime, I just got thrown off because I see some mention of Frostpine. And I don't remember Frostpine being there. Oh, yeah. I forgot. This is a really they short part. Talismans? Yeah. Protective yeah.
2: talismans.
1: Yeah. They they want protective talismans for the Duke soldiers while they're out collecting the dead and whatnot. Oh, it does say Crane raised her eyebrows. Wow. Oh, Yeah. That's, i I have a paper copy and it has that mistake here too. Oh. Yeah, so it wasn't Kindle that fucked
2: up. Who was the editor?
1: Frostpine is not too happy about this. He's basically like, I don't want to make protective shit for the police. they they mm-hmm. need people to keep them in their goddamn place.
2: I feel yeah real real strongly about that.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. We, we need to bring this up because I know it's going to get discussed later in the episode. Crane and Rosethorn and Briar go on to work on the cure. As they're on their way, they hear word of temple folk who have gotten the blue pox, including Hannah. This obviously shakes Briar and Rosethorn and Rosethorn's like, well, the best thing we can do is work on a cure. In the meantime, yeah. Nico and Triss have gone into the sewers.
3: Either of them are fans of this.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So what I have, what you, the other mistake you were looking at, Nico says, this way Rose Thorn said. So I think it might just be like weirdly written because all of that is in quotes. It might've worked better if it had been the other way and he had said, Rose Thorn said it's this way.
2: Wait, is it all in quotes way? in yours? In the Kindle, it's not. Just this way is in quotes. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's different in the the Kindle. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: Oh, weird. It says
4: this way in quotes. That one, Kindle. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So they go down to Flick's den, and they have some ultra awesome magic seeing stuff that he puts on everybody's eyes. And while we're having this discussion, Nico also slyly mentions, oh, yeah, that spell I put on your glasses only lasted for a week. Anyway, moving on. Triss is very unhappy to be in the sewers, and she's whining about it. Nico is also very unhappy to be in the sewers. He he tries to get Triss to stop whining, and then she finally realizes, oh shit.
2: He doesn't want to be here either.
1: Yeah. well, Probably even more so than her. She pushes the water aside and tries to help him. Meanwhile, back at the greenhouse, Briar and Rosethorn and Crane are all working on... Trying trying to track down a cure and Rose, Thorn, and Crane have to tell everybody, okay, guys, so we have to scrap everything we did yesterday, which kind of sucks because we got a lot done yesterday. But on the bright side, this actually is a good thing because we actually know something now. We have a direction to go in. They have some kind of basic cures that they have to try on it that are specifically for magical diseases. But somebody drops a tray that has Blue Pox Essence, and it spills on Rosethorn. And Briar and Crane basically have the same reaction, and obviously- Probably
3: ready to fuck somebody up.
4: Yes. I thought the person just bumped into them, into Rosethorn, not dropped.
2: It was, uh, he turned around, Rosethorn bumped into him, and it, like, tilted over and spilled on her arm.
1: Oh, okay. So he he didn't exactly drop it, but-
2: it was a total accident, but like no one person was responsible for it.
1: But the guy carrying the tray is the person who got blamed. Yeah, and uh, got fired. Rose
2: Thorn. Rose Thorn was Russian.
1: Rose Thorn was Russian.
2: Yeah, she was Russian to get back to the bank. So she, she was. She was going at a brisk pace, is what it's think
1: Chris and Nico follow the trail of magic up and out of the sewers into some shitty, poor part of town. Not quite as bad as the mire, but pretty damn close. They follow that trail of magic into somebody's house. Nico's trying to figure out how to break in when Triss is like, I can pick a lock. And she calls on Briar for some advice. She picks the lock and they break in. And then they do the same magic they did back in Triss's book to call up a like remembrance spell. They see this lady doing some kind of weird, using some kind of weird magic potion on bacon. Terrible things happen to the bacon and she gets very upset. She dumps all of the magic into a bowl and walks out after like shoving her book into a secret hidey hole. She also, it's also important that she like looks at her coin purse and counts out all her money before she does this because while Nico is watching, he is very upset and mentions to Triss that if you have something magical that you need to dispose of, then you need to dispose of it properly, and you usually do that at Winding Circle, and there's a small fee that you have to pay, but it's very cheap, and why didn't she just do it properly? And if she had, then we wouldn't have had the blue pox. Also, she's dead, which she says, "Eh," is probably a good thing for her, because otherwise, everybody would be very mad at her. The creepy old lady at the end. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah! The, the the mage's neighbor is like,
4: this place is cursed. She almost seemed happy that the woman died.
2: She said "Is the curse that was keeping people out removed.
4: Yeah, yeah. so she
1: could steal her stuff, I guess.
2: Yep. So, Nico and Triss may be cursed. Cool, great.
1: But from what we see, this lady wasn't all that great at doing magic. So, uh, is that curse really going to be as bad as the blue pox?
2: Probably not, but we'll see.
4: I mean, the lady was saying that she wasn't very good at magic either, or she would have been living with them in the poor part of town.
1: So will they be cursed? Will the curse be as bad as the already curse of quarantine and pandemic? Only pages will tell. We're getting close to the end, guys. Part 0.75 is where we look at the text and see just how much it is like living in our actual world in 2020, 2021, I guess. What did you guys notice that made this feel just a little bit too close to home?
2: I guess the big one that I saw was uh, Tris fussing with her glasses because they wouldn't fit right while wearing a mask.
1: Amen. I'm constantly like taking my glasses on and off at work and people comment on it. And I'm like, yeah, well, I would like to be able to see. And it's hard to wear both a mask and glasses and be able to see. Invest in context, my friend. <laughs> I also saw just like the the urgency on everybody's part. This we have to find a cure as fast as we can thing. And how quickly all the hospitals are filling up because there's a part where Rose Thorne's like, wait aren't isn't there like a room at the hospitals for these people and they're like no we're setting up another one now but yeah there's there's no room anywhere for anybody who's sick also the the disposal the whole thing with needing to dispose of magical stuff properly reminds me a lot of prescription medications or like old dead computers and cell phones and other electronics because Uh, yeah because you can really fuck shit up if you don't dispose of them properly. Unfortunately, I have no idea how or like where to take my shit. Like, I'm happy to pay the small fee, but can somebody please point me in the direction of Winding Circle Temple? Because nobody around here advertises that nonsense. I don't know what it's like in the more urban m- metropolitan area.
2: You'd just have to Google it and find out. Even here, yeah. in our in our in my town. There's was like a designated place to take old TVs and stuff, but Absolutely. you have to like actually look for it because there are no signs. You're not going to know unless you actually look it up.
1: It'd be nice if that information was more publicized.
2: If, if they like gave you like a packet or something, when you like moved into a house saying, Hey, here's where you throw stuff away, not in the dumpster.
1: And then of course the other thing, the big thing that we need to talk about is frost Point.
3: Yes.
2: Big Fourth Amendment man. Big brain.
3: Because that is a whole-ass mood.
2: And you can tell he's been through it. That's why he knows.
3: Yeah. That's also why he's just like, I'm fucking done and I don't want to do this.
1: Yeah, I just... I love the dialogue. How can you object to the protection of those who keep the Duke's peace? A proper fear of such things keeps soldiers polite... Otherwise, they might be tempted to push common folk around. Orders to enter people's homes uninvited are a sore temptation for peacekeepers, I've found. Crane responds with, have you any respect for proper order? To which Frostpine says, depends on whose idea of order it is. The fact that Frostpine is specifically described as having dark brown skin, I feel like makes this hit even harder.
2: Yeah. I feel it's just mostly about people in positions of power. There is a reason why the Fourth Amendment exists in our constitution. That's to keep a soldier just from being able to to go into people's houses unwillingly. People deserve the right to their own homes and privacy. And you know, just because the government says you can do something doesn't give you the right to. Yeah, but yeah, strong, strong, strong guy. This this frostbite guy because uh, he he knows he's been through it and he's pretty uh pretty aware of what can happen.
1: And like it's such a short little scene. Like it didn't. There's nothing in there that had to be there. If this book had not included this scene, we wouldn't have been like confused or really missed it or thought about it. So, like, props for saying, Oh, you know what? I'm going to take an extra page and put this in.
3: It is unnecessarily incredibly relatable.
1: Part one is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and disliked about the chapter. What say you? I
4: don't have very many this week, so I guess I could go first if you want me to.
1: Go for it, Brittany.
4: <laughs> okay, my first one was when Nico and Crane are fighting over Tris, and she's like, "Oh, is this what it's going to be like when I'm older?" And then two seconds later, she finds out she's going to the sewer. And she's like, no, not the sewer. It was fun and games at first. And then, nope, not anymore. Just kidding. I want to stay with Crane. I thought well, it was kind of humorous.
2: It's all fun and yeah. games. So you're forced to go into the sewer.
4: And then my next one is when is there, Chris is noticing that Nico's red dot is on his hand, not his forehead. And it's like, yes, I would do the same. I would not want a big-ass dot on my head either. It makes more sense to put on the hand. And then my last one is... When Tris is picking the locks, I thought it was so cute. He actually did teach her, and it was amazing. I thought whenever Nico was, like, saw that it was locked, he sighed. But then he started smirking at her, so I read it as that... uh, He's like, you talk to Briar, you can mind speak with him. Even if he didn't know that she knew how to pick locks, he still knew, hey, you can mind speak with this kid and he can tell you how to do it because you're really smart and you can figure shit out. So <laughs> talk to the.
1: He already had a discussion. Yeah, he. Um, I'm sure he did. But like Briar teaches her so well because she's like, I need help. And he's like, okay, which one do you start with? And so he's not like mm-hmm. telling her how to do it. He's like really doing it the way a teacher would do it.
4: He's had a good example of her teaching him how to read. And so she, he's like, I'm going to do the same thing. Give her okay. a taste of her own medicine. I'm not going to tell her how to do it straight out. I'll get back at her this quick second that I have.
3: <laughs> <laughs> We've touched on crane and Nico and their, fighting over Triss, because that's fantastic. The whole conversation, like, everything that Frostpine says in that scene where he's like, a proper fear of such thing keeps soldiers polite, there's just a lot to take away from that. There's just a whole lot to take away from that. And it just makes me love Frostpine that much more.
2: I loved it. It was amazing yeah like you said before it's just such a small little you know like a paragraph but uh it's there
3: there's another one that i'm gonna touch on more later i just really love the way that it's written it's uh drew the god circle on her chest and closed her eyes to pray crane did the same briar waited them out as patiently as he could manage if you give your life to a temple, he supposed you believe that prayer worked. He knew better. It's just so beautifully written and incredibly sad. Fucking Nico and his, oh, that spell wore off like a week after I put it on. Like, you're fine. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: I would like to point out that in a previous chapter, Briar is thinking about it and he's like, I don't think he just spelled her glasses. I think he taught her. I think he took a shortcut in how he taught her how to do it.
3: Briar's a lot smarter than people give him credit for. This is kind of a tangent, but very, 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 very related to this. So previously I mentioned that I feel like Nico is... OCD and definitely a germaphobe and very particular. And we see it in the way that he dresses, the way he carries himself, and like the way he gets frustrated. Now, with them in the sewers, and Triss is freaking out and she's like, Oh, it's awful and I hate it. And Nico's just like, I hate it more. Yeah. It just stands to further cement in my mind that Nico has some spectrum of mental like not necessarily mental illness but like a basically a mental illness that keeps him from being like yeah let's do the thing he does it because he has to he just absolutely fucking hates it and then Triss is stepping up and being like, okay, okay, well, here, let me fix this. Hold on. <laughs> I also really like the lock picking. It just makes me happy.
1: You touched on a couple things that I wrote down. One of them is when Nico is like really freaking out and Triss is like, oh, here, and like kind of trying to comfort him. It reminds me a lot of my kids have seen me when I am super upset. I have been Nico in that situation. And I was like, oh, oh, this so that that whole scene just hit really hard. The thing with Briar and the bit about prayers not working reminded me a lot of right after my dad died when when we went to see his body and my mom standing there and saying, like, I don't believe in the afterlife. And I don't remember there what all What all she said, but it, it just reminded me of that. I really liked that two chapters ago, Crane was complaining about how he didn't want Briar because he's only a 10-year-old and blah, 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 blah. And then in the last chapter, he was complaining about how he doesn't want Tris because she's just a kid and blah, 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 blah. And now he's like, I cannot function without them. <sighs> I am a drama
2: queen.
1: Crane is not a drama queen. He is a drama empress. And then there's a line... Talking about Sandry, because Lark tells Sandry, you know what, we're going to take a day off. We've done enough masks and gloves that they're set for at least a couple of days. And we also need to rest. And describing Sandry, it says she was one solid ache. Yes. Because I have felt that. I have days where I have just felt like one solid ache. Yes. I'm not going to hit on it very long because I know I've talked about it on the show before, but all of the stuff about water pumps and it traveling through the water. And Tris is like, oh, that's why everybody at Winding Circle is okay because we have a different pump. Jon Snow. The real Jon Snow who lived in London. Uh, yep. But yes, he's like the father of epidemiology. And that was what he studied was like diseases traveling through water. The, other, the last thing I have is there's a part where... Briar is reflecting on how on how Crane is talking to everybody and he's like trying to use the like cool kid slang or something and and he's clearly not comfortable using the language that's more familiar with the like younger people who he's working with and Briar says if he ain't careful he'll break a tooth that way which is more or less the same thing he says about trader talk in book one. I, I just really like that that came back.
2: So a couple of mine already been touched on. Honestly, most of these were just the interactions between uh, Crane, Triss, Nikon, and and Rosethorn. This combination of characters is just like a guaranteed witty banter explosion. There's always something funny going on. And the conversations are a little more sharp than like when it was just between the kids. I love it. The first one that I found was uh, Triss being her sassy self and just saying, thanks ever so when Crane says that, oh, you know her her vision powers ain't that strong. Why do you need her? And she's like, oh yeah, thanks. Thanks, asshole.
4: <laughs> You're just trying to make me sound bad so you can keep me.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Rose Thorpe flapping her hand and saying, "Spare my blushes." When uh, <laughs> Crane talks about how uh, how much progress he'd made with the kids and her finally being able to work all together. We already talked about Frostpine and the Fourth Amendment and also uh, not giving the police too much power. So we'll touch on that one. Um, You can
1: touch on that one all you want because the world has not touched on it enough yet.
2: I I believe in the Fourth Amendment. Honestly, the Fourth Amendment, is kind of limited. But at the time it was written, it was very important. And that was the one to get out to keep people from... uh, soldiers from shacking up in your home. The police, especially when they're given power or you know uh, someone to fight against, uh, which is pretty much every day now, um, they stop seeing the citizenry as the people they're supposed to protect and more as an enemy. I'm not sure what we're supposed to do, but we have to do something to keep the police in check. And they clearly can't take care of it themselves. I don't know if we need to have like an independent committee Completely separate from the police to view their actions or what, but something needs to be done because it's it's fucking ridiculous. We got people training police officers. It, I saw a. Uh, I wish I had the uh, actual thing pulled up, but a teacher who was te- teaching classes. One class was specifically about like tactical entry into homes and like what to do in a violent encounter, and the other one was a psychological, more of a psychological based class and how to keep encounters from becoming violent and how to bring people down from what they're doing and then try to fix issues without using force. He noticed that almost no one signed up for the second class and they would all sign up for the door kicking, pull your gun out, uh, stopping threats classes. And then when he noticed that he went and basically made it a two for one deal where he would offer the training class to kick in doors, be badass or whatever. And he would throw in the psychological class and people would just take that first class. They would not take the second one, even though it was free. No no reason to not take it other than you just have to take your time and actually do the class and wouldn't do it. So then he made that second class a requirement and his bookings basically fell all the way through because no one wanted to take that class to, to stop violent incidents from happening. All that they wanted to do was take the classes on how to have an advantage of fine. So, yeah. It kind of gave a uh, you know, not, it's not such a great thing to hear when you're a, a, a quote unquote civilian. Yeah, and uh, the, the separation that the police have between civilians and them, even though they are civilians too, you know, we're we're all in our country. We're not in the war zone. It's just become a, such a big us versus them mentality with the police that they're willing to shoot people in the back for running away or do excessive violence when they shouldn't have to. And something needs to be changed. I don't, I don't know how we could do that uh, because clearly they're not able to take care of themselves or uh, not, not able to hold themselves accountable. Something needs to be done. So that was my tangent. The other part I liked is Tris being sassy again. When Nico says, oh, someone must have died in here. She's like, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to tell from the smell and that's, that's it.
1: Part two is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. What theme or message did you find in this chapter?
2: I'd like to go first because I, once again, couldn't find a good one. But I'll just go through what I wrote down. Yeah. Uh, My theme was uh, handle chemicals with care. (laughs) The other one was uh, lab safety. And take proper precautions when using dangerous chemicals.
1: Those are all good. Yes. I, I was actually wondering if somebody was just gonna be like fuck the police as their theme. Because again, even though that is a very short scene, Indy has her hand up.
3: That's it. That was kind of mine.
1: Collaborate, <laughs> <laughs> Indy. I don't wanna steal I don't wanna steal your thunder.
3: Seems like even in this fantasy world. There is a form of corruption where if left unchecked, they will come in and just start yanking people out of houses and murdering people. And the only good cop has a pink slip, because typically if a cop gets a pink slip, it's because they've turned in other officers or have exposed some kind of corruption. The only good cop has a pink slip. Fuck the police.
1: So for my theme, there's a part when Tris and Nico emerge from the sewers and they're in this really run down area of town and there's like dead bodies just in the streets and there's like animals eating them. Tris is kind of watching and Nico turns and says, you can't think about that. To me, that was kind of the theme was you can't think about that. Like there are so many bad things going on that at some point you have to block something out of your mind because there are people who can't be saved. There is, and we know because there's there's animals that are dying in the streets too. And we know that Tris loves animals after we saw her like nurse shriek back to health, but she can't save every single animal. There's this spill and Rose Thorn got the blue pox knocked on her. Crane and Briar are freaking out, but her and Osprey are like, no, we need to clean everything up and move on and take like we can't go getting into fistfights over a lab accident. <laughs> That's not to say like you shouldn't worry about serious things or you shouldn't spend time thinking about serious things, but you also can't let them overwhelm you to the point where you can no longer do anything about them.
4: Mine was the same as yours, Molly. So
1: would you would you like to add anything? You said it perfectly. Beautiful. (laughs) Uh Part three is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this text?
2: So my personal magic was to remember that some people deal with circumstances differently than me. Something that I could consider a minor inconvenience, jumping into the sewer, <laughs> for example, probably wouldn't bother me that much. But for someone that maybe has like a weak stomach or that just isn't used to something like that, or I, it, can, it can apply to any situation really. But some people just something that seems like a minor inconvenience to me can be something really difficult for someone else. I want to try to remember to have uh, patience and empathy towards others.
4: Mine was the exact same thing. That's <laughs> good ones.
2: Jeez, Brittany, I should have let you go first.
1: It's fine. <laughs> Funnily enough, mine was the opposite. I wrote down strength, stubbornness, and anger, and then in parentheses, all are useful because at the beginning of the chapter, when Nico is talking about why he ne- needs Triss, he talks about, like, she does have an ability to see magic and her use to move water will be helpful, all of these. But he also says, I need her her strength and stubbornness. And then at the end of the chapter, after, after the spill, Briar is about ready to go to town on somebody. And Rose Thorn says, no, no, no. Let's put your anger to good use. <laughs> stubbornness and anger are things that are often seen as negative and so I guess just kind of reminding myself that those aren't necessarily bad it's more about how you use them exactly yeah as someone
3: who runs off of caffeine and spite yes I can uh, (laughs) attest that even something considered negative can be used as a positive if you have the ability I touched on it in my likes, just how the scene was written where Crane and rose Thorne decide to pray, and Briar's just kind of like, Yeah, well, I'll let you do that. It's not going to do anything. But the reason I kind of took this as a magic is people need comfort in certain things. It might be comfort in things that I don't understand. But it gives them comfort, and it keeps them from having next essential crisis. Or sometimes I have to remember that not everybody uses the same comforts that I do.
4: I like that one. That's a good one. Turn myself annoyed. Like, really, you're doing that? That's not going to do you any good. I-, I think that's a good reminder.
3: Yeah, I have that problem a lot. <laughs>
1: At the end of our episodes, we like to read an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter 11 of Briar's book. One sign that things had improved came on the third day after Tris and Nico returned from the sewers. A tray slipped from Briar's hold as he carried it to his work table. He jumped back quickly enough that he wasn't spattered with pox or shattered glass, then braced himself for Crane's wrath and that pointed finger. Thorne clenched her hands in her gloves, her eyes daring Crane to dismiss Briar. Crane didn't even look at her. His eyes rested on the spill as Osprey's crew came running to mop up. Rose to Briar's face, then slid to the slate on which the boy's ever-changing instructions were written. Tris, have you the list of supplies Rosethorn and I require from the temple stores? He inquired. Triss made a face. She would tried to get him to call her by her nickname, without success, and held up a slate. Crane took it. Briar, memorize this, scrub out, then collect these materials. Get everything mined. If the people at stores do not have the amounts we require, they must promise to bring the rest with all due speed. The spill should be cleaned up by the time of your return. He held the slate out to Briar. You're not getting rid of me? The boy asked, shocked. I believe there are 10 silver astrals at stake on the date of your dismissal. I do not approve of gambling. Therefore, no one shall win money from my dismissal of you. Take this list and go, but remember to come back. Briar did as he was told. Osprey went with him. He must like your work, she commented admiringly as she gathered the special washes needed for a pox spill. Guess I'd better return Triss's silver astral if he's on to the betting. May as well give me back my wager on Triss getting the boot, said the boy gloomily. If he won't get rid of me, there's no way he'll rid himself of her. I noticed, Osprey told him dryly. If she wasn't already Master gold student, I'd be plenty worried, believe me. Once Briar returned... He was put back on his former job. Nothing more was said about his accident. That evening, just as Osprey announced it was time to close, a deep emerald green light dawned at Rosthorne's work table. Briar saw its reflection in the glass and polished stone around him and turned, looking for the source. The light grew brighter and brighter, silhouetting Rosthorne's body. Crane, remember that change you suggested switching from bloodstone to hematite? She asked in a calm, ordinary voice. You may have something. In combination with... He walked over to observe what she had done, as calm as she was. Triss danced from foot to foot behind them, trying to see. Osprey was more dignified, but she too was trying to bend around Crane's side for a better look at Rosethorn's work table. Briar went to Triss's chair and climbed it. Now he had a perfect view. In the tray before Rosethorn, light blazed from a column of wells. Juniper and yarrow, three parts, to one part wisteria oil, Rosethorn said, answering Crane's inquiry. Wisteria. Ah. Ah. That would explain the extravagant effects. Crane turned and looked down his nose at Osprey and Triss. Seeing Briar on the chair, he raised his brows. Rosethorn covered her tray with its glass top and turned around. Oh, for Mila's sake, calm down. It's just the first key. The outer workroom staff had crowded into the doorway to see what the fuss was about. Rosethorn told them, it looks extravagant because it lit up, but we're still a long way from a cure. We must find 36 keys by our reckoning. Crane nodded in agreement.
0: Yay! Good. Yay.
5: Good.
1: Reading Circle Temple is produced by us. Molly, Brittany,
3: Brittany Indy,
2: and Goodwin.
1: If you
4: like listening, tell your friends about us. If you don't like listening, tell your enemies.
2: Please tell us what you think of the Circle of Magic by emailing us at circle at gmail.com or join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group.
1: You can find more of Reading Circle Temple at readingcircletemple.com or find Reading Circle Temple on Tumblr.
4: And thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their artwork on Tumblr at Yellow is for Happy Draws or on Instagram at ShannonAndDraws.
3: Also, thanks to Britton's brother, Thomas Stick, for our few music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Stick on SoundCloud.
2: Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening.
3: Let's
4: all have coffee next week.
1: My cat could potentially be Sandy's cat. He is pretty feisty and he
3: likes yarn a lot. I was going to say my cat likes plants, but he likes eating them. So
1: <laughs> six in one half a in the other.
3: He also does like to scream, so I don't really think that's a that's a Briar thing, though. <laughs> I think that's more of a Sandry thing. <laughs> If anybody's gonna scream, it's gonna be Sandry.
1: Briar gets turned into a cat and just walks around going, Mah! Mah!
3: Just, I can kind of see it, though. My my cat is super sneaky, too. And he does like to steal and hide things.
1: Jury's <laughs> still out on that
2: one. Jury's still out. Melina can be Triss. if she's a jerk. <laughs>
1: Uh, so is Clouseau like Cat Gorse?
2: He, he's somebody. Uh, I don't know. He's too. Or
1: maybe he's Cat Crane because you say he's really cranky.
2: <laughs> Clouseau is. Um, he's very sweet, but he's like just very annoying. <laughs> so he's like Corel. Mm.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I
3: will accept this. I will accept (laughs) that. Yeah.
5: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans.